in the car. Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles, the radio show, right here on Tojinet, Pararex, Ghost Channel, and beyond. I am Ron Kolick. And with me right here on the sofa is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. Hello. Hey. So, here you are. Almost time to go home. Here I am, packed and nearly time to go home. One last job to do. Yep. So, you've been here for 12 days now? Only 12 days? Isn't it? 12, 13? about 12 months. Yeah, it seems like a time. But anyways, uh, we've had a lot of adventures together. We've done a lot of stuff. Uh, Spirit Quest, of course, the, being the biggest one. But uh, we did a couple of ghost hunts, and now we're doing Dining with the Dead tonight. And So so Dining with the Dead tonight, what's that all about? Uh, we take dead people and we take them out for lunch. No, it's, uh, it's just a fun event we do at the Wyndham restaurant. Um... And I boringly have the same menu each year. And then we do a really fun sort of end to the fortnight with uh, an interesting talk about the devil playing cards. So I've never heard, so I'm looking forward to it myself. I haven't heard it either. Well, you wrote it. Well, apparently. I don't remember what I wrote, though. Mm -hmm. No, you better for tonight. So anyways, uh, it should be interesting... uh, like I said, I'm really curious of, of what he what it's all about. I guess he's not going to tell us anything about it. So let's go back on to something else. Uh, on Friday night, we were able to do the um, – people won't be able to go. It's sold out, so it doesn't really matter. That's what I mean. It's their point in advertising. Yeah. So, not tough. so anyways, the, um, on Friday night, we did the uh, ghost hunt at the uh, Andover Historic Society, which is the Blanchett House. And uh, – it was it was kind of different. Uh, so, what were your thoughts on that? Oh, it's a really interesting location. I mean, the building is uh, around about the 1850s, I understand, uh, right in the middle of Andover, uh, right opposite uh, Circles of Wisdom, right. which is right next door to the two trees, and unfortunately, right next door to DD. Uh, but no, the, the location was really cool. The Historical Society have occupied the building for I think is it since the 1950s. No, for the last 90 years. Um, but there were people living there till the 1950s. And it's, it's a mix of old colonial, Victorian, and round the back, uh, attached to the building at the rear, is a really cool old barn, a uh, proper man cave full of tools. There's a hayloft. There's, uh, I think there's an old fire engine in there. Yeah, well, there was a fire engine. It was also a repair shop and a printing uh, shop as well, in addition to the regular barn, which had stalls, of course, and so forth. Yeah, it was a really interesting location, and we had a an interesting group of people trying out. We started off the night... Interesting or genuinely interesting? Um, genuinely interesting. Yeah. Um, we started off the night with one of your famous in New England red light seances, to which we'd added uh, recordings from 
uh, Edwardian seances that were uh, recorded and made during the 1920s and 1930s. Um, <laughs> and what was interesting is we've managed to find uh, recordings that have been recorded um, by uh, Boston spiritualists in the 1920s which uh, with the history of spiritualism uh, there was always a great tradition of opening the uh, ceremonies with prayers with hymn singing uh, which continued not just at the start of the seance but it continued throughout the seance and often oftentimes the uh, speaking through the medium the spirit would would call upon those present to shout ever louder to sing ever louder to make more noise uh, greater noise. Sometimes it was said to mask the noise of the medium um, manipulating things. I'm back. But, um, Do you rest me? Yeah. I don't know where you've been. Oh, cool. I don't know what they're um, So, yeah. Very cool. And, uh, yeah, you know, it wasn't... The music was really... <laughs> the music was really good. Hey, I can see. <laughs> Ron has just performed a miracle. He has restored my vision to 100. What it is, because I'm wearing contact lenses, what most people don't see is that in order to be able to see it close up, I have to put a set of additional lenses. Those are the ones you left from last year, right? I know. So there. So now I can see. I can read the chat room. Yeah, you can handle that because it's on that side. Hi, John. Hi, Nate. Uh, anyway, so the, the interesting thing was the music. I, I thought that was really a, a nice touch. And though the uh, seance itself wasn't really rock and roll, and it was, uh, I thought there was different. an interesting modern twist in the seance with the 1920s music, the addition of the Star Wars and Plasma Ball. Uh, oh, I was, forgot about was, that. Was certainly innovative. Right. Well, I've had, uh, I've used the Plasma Ball a couple of times, but uh, the one I had was electrical. So uh, I came across uh, one of my favorite ghost hunting stores, Toys R Us. And uh, came across this lovely one, Star Wars one, which was battery operated, so you can take it anywhere, which is fabulous. It's not without, it's not without the use of it wasn't without precedent because many of the spiritualists either put a lamp in the middle of the table or a candle. You know, clearly, at the historical society, we couldn't go set fire putting naked flames. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was in context of using something an aid to focusing people's. Um, Concentration, just to give them something to stare at, really. Mm -hmm. And so, plasma ball was a, a modern twist on the candle flame or the, the lamp in the middle, the dim lamp in the middle of the table. And though you know, those are there are those of the school that believes that if you put stuff like the Van de Graaff generator and the plasma ball, you're providing the spirit with energy. Is that? I'm glad they believe it. And actually, we'll bring the Millennium Falcon. Uh, I wish we had a Millennium Falcon. Hey, there's a cool drone there. You know, these drone next copter things. There's one in the shape of a yeah, Millennium Falcon. So, I mean, you don't you don't believe in that theory, or you, you just find it too far fetched? I mean, what, what's your thought? That uh, items like the Van de Graaff generator and the plasma ball might provide spirits with energy to do what they do well it's an idea that many people subscribe to but the uh, the ghosts and spirits have never seem to have any problem uh, manifesting in the past before the uh, advent of the van de graaff and the um and the plasma ball and the other things that we use the pods the uh the pumps etc they you know they managed without them uh so the and the 
they don't really. So do you think this is all a waste of time then? They're all these adding energy. Yeah, Uh, I don't see it gives us any great advantage. As I said, we've got thousands of years of people seeing ghosts and spirits without any need for Van de Graaff generators in the empires. Well, I know that like the spiritualists will use, you know, they use their own energy and they use energy of the table or energy of the seance to uh, aid in the uh, communication with spirit. Well, that's only what they're saying. I mean, there's no evidence that they're actually generating any evidence, uh, any um, energy whatsoever. I mean, they say use our energy, draw upon our energy, but that's simply something that they say. I mean, how do you draw upon the energy of a human being, a group of human beings? It may be possible. Well, I think it is, in a way. And a lot of people believe in it. So why do you think it's possible? Well, it's very possible. I mean, I, I know that sometimes... When you're ill uh, and, you know, your wife or your mother or somebody will put their hand on your forehead and you'll get that extra little boost. It, it's it's uh, it, it definitely feels some type of a transfer there. What it is, I'm not quite sure. And the same with a hug. I mean, my wife loves hugs and she finds it uh, rejuvenating a lot of times. If I give a hug, then the energy from the hug well, I'm not going to disagree with that because there's a great deal of um, you know, documented uh, information, evidence that says that people find hugging beneficial, touch beneficial, stroking a fairy animal beneficial. But that doesn't mean to say necessarily that there's an energy transfer. Well, it's, isn't it's, it's, an emotional, uh, it's an emotional thing, isn't it? The, the idea of two people linking. Well, but, but uh, you know, um, I mean, the ghost finder general, Richard Felix, uh, would always say that the brain generates uh, X number of watts per... Uh, well, put that one to bed. Richard didn't say it. He copied it from me because the human body actually uses two kilowatts of electricity uh, on average during each waking 24 hour period. Yeah. Uh, because we are creatures of electricity, we, we our whole neuro, uh, neuro system is based on uh, neurochemical transmitters and electrical generators um, within our body. Uh, we are, we are, you know. Creatures that operate with electromagnetic devices. We're machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the first time I ever heard that was from Richard, so I, I don't doubt that he said it first, but the first time I well, heard it was I'm from Richard. Sure, I'm sure my wife's in the chat room, she'll verify. Oh, I'm sure she is. Yeah. So, anyways, get in the chat room. If, if there are any questions from the chat room, feel free to, uh, you know, put your question in to us uh, and we'll answer the best we can. Uh, you can also call in at 877-864-4869. That's 877-864-4869. And we will field your question via the phone as well. So there you go. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting because I, I know that the... Interesting. Generally interesting, yeah. Because the there are series of studies that the, the body emits light. So here we have that generation of energy again. And then you yourself said that the, the uh, body generates so many kilowatts of energy. And so, I mean, there's a lot to, I mean, even we have static electricity is a transference. Yeah, so two problems with what you're saying, though. There's no doubt that the human, that the human emits energy and that we can measure, for example, uh, human heartbeats at, uh, I think it's 100 meters currently with very sensitive devices that measure the electromagnetic emission of the heart. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt that that takes place, but there are two fundamental problems that we have to overcome. The first and key one is, do ghosts and spirits exist at all? And secondly, if they do exist as a, as a separate entity, 
can they in any way use the energy that we emit in order to um, manipulate it and manifest it for their own purposes? So there are two unknowns. You've got two X's in the equation. Right. And but it's theoretically possible. Then. Well, it's not theoretically possible. Well, we know that skin can produce electricity itself. Well, it's also theoretically possible that water can be used for transferring recordings from, from a, a location into a human brain. It's completely untestable, so it becomes an idea. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we oh, isn't it, that what we're dealing with, we theories? Well, no, they're not theories. They're just ideas. They're untestable. A theory is, is an idea that oh, can no, be tested. Oh, no, it can be tested. Eventually, we'll find well, something, a way, some way to it? test it. Eventually, we'll find well, some way to test well, it. Well, that's hope. I mean, it's like saying eventually we'll find a theory that the moon Well, made, I mean... I have a theory that the moon's made of cheese, and one day it'll be tested. Yeah. That's not a theory. That's yes, a, and it, it'll be proven wrong, but that's unfortunate. But that's... Uh, you, it, you, it is. It is a theory a into it. No, I mean we know that, uh, for instance, uh, we can determine that it is possible for certain things to exist, even though we have never seen them. For instance, the periodic table was built, uh, and there are elements we hadn't even discovered yet. But yet we had places for them on the periodic table. Yeah, but what you're dealing with is is working from the known into the unknown and establishing between two sets of boundaries. And also in quantum physics, mathematics is used as the proof. We have no mathematical equation that demonstrates the existence of ghosts. And yeah. We have no mathematical equation that demonstrates. We have no mathematical equation that demonstrates that that the other x can use energy. Mm -hmm. So there are two x's in the equation. So that that's a huge problem. Well, I mean, it's you're kind of ignoring totally all the reports of through the years I'm that people have seen ghosts. So no, therefore, no. if they are seeing ghosts, if if ghosts are being reported, if ghosts are being uh, documented, then uh, why we already have a theory? Uh, you know, we have something is there, and we're trying to theorize it to find out exactly what it is. Well, there's no doubt, and it says in the opening chapter of the forthcoming book, Ghostology, that ghosts definitely exist because people report seeing them, hearing them, and uh, interacting. Just two minutes ago, you said that they didn't. No, I didn't. I said there's no demonstration that they do actually exist what? as an entity. But there's no doubt that uh, as a concept and as a, an experience, ghosts exist. People see them, people report them. But what is it that they are reporting? Is it an external entity? Is it an, inter an externalization of some internal brain process? Is it some consciousness thing? Is it a dimensional thing? Is it fraud? Is it misperception? People report ghosts, there's no doubt about that. But what, what are they reporting? And we might be dealing with lots of different phenomena masquerading under the same title. And we covered this in What is a Ghost at uh, Circles of Wisdom. You know, when we were trying to define a new, uh, trying to define what it actually is a ghost, and we, we, you know, we looked at. I think there was uh, more than fifteen different possible explanations that people have offered forward over the years. Well, which one's correct? Because everybody who offers forward their idea believes that their idea is the correct one. Right, but that's why we have theories, and that's why we try what to prove and disprove ideas. theories. Uh, virtually, we, we thought the Earth revolved around the sun, and that was a theory. And we realized that when the evidence came in, that it did. Uh, we, we thought that stars were, you know, gods, and then eventually we discovered oh, they weren't. But that, that was just a, that was a belief. That was a belief. A belief is a theory. A theory is a belief. It's very easy. It's you not. summarize, it's an idea, no, it's a theory. Not. Oh, well, I believe a I, I tend to... A theory is, an, is a, 
an idea, a notion that can be tested. A belief is something that you cling to regardless. I mean, there are lots of people out there that still think the, the world's flat. You can have beliefs. A lot of people believe in some very crazy things, like that the world was going to end this week, and it didn't. Right. But that's their belief. That's no, not maybe not this dimension. But that's not a theory. theory. What we did, but we didn't test their theory. We just waited to see if the world would end. And, and we did wrong. test it by that realizing was, the time passed and it didn't happen. So didn't therefore, it was it. proven. Of course, we nobody did. By to, pure observation. Nobody set out. To pure test observation. It. We well, did. Nobody set out to test it. In coincidence, what you were dealing with was their belief that the world would end, and that you could you could buy. Uh, freeze-dried eggs to survive the end of days. Mm -hmm. So, belief, ideas, and theories are all actually separate things. We muddle, like we muddle up the word ghost, we muddle up these words and we give them multiple meanings. Individually, we probably do know what we're talking about, but when you're talking to a greater audience, the, the level of confusion ramps up and the possibility of being misunderstood or mis misinterpreted um, yeah, well, there you go. Like, as Nathan said, some people have the belief theory that the universe revolves around that. Um, exactly. And it might well do. I mean, in fact, in quantum physics, there is actually some uh, movement within physics to suggest that we are, in fact, our own gods, and we create the world that we perceive around us, and that our uh, perception of it are... Wait, what did you just say? Did you say theory? There is a theory. A theory. It sounds like a belief to me. No, it's a theory. Oh, it sounds like a belief, really. No, it's because theory. it's not provable, so therefore... Uh... Well, actually, it is pro it oh, may uh, be provable. Oh, and how is it provable? It, well, it may be provable. Oh, wait a minute. Be. It may be provable. Because the theory... So a belief could not possibly... And yet, some mathematicians have uh, uh, proved the existence of God using mathematics. It may be a theory, and in actual fact, Sir has set out to test the idea with this latest series of runs where they're looking at multidimensionality possibilities. So it is a theory that's testable. And I don't, I'm not aware of the mathematical proof of the existence there of God. There is. There absolutely is. Yeah. But within quantum physics, this idea of uh, the observer effect, this idea that we set our own reality by observing, I mean, it's the basic fundamental of, of uh, Schrodinger's cat that you fix the reality of the state of an object by observing it. Was the cat it. dead and alive? Was the cat dead or alive? Yeah, okay. So, I'll, but that also extrapolates out into our realities. Mm -hmm. is, is this building actually here? Well, it is because I'm looking at it. But mm -hmm. is it the same building? But how I know it? you're still here, other than... Because I'm making a noise next to you. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... What's so matter with you today? So we get you just being Mr. Argumentative. We get off we get off a little bit of uh, I don't even know what we were talking about. Which oh yes, we were talking about the Andover investigation, which was really interesting because you uh, and I mean generally interesting as well. And uh, in that we went into the barn and you had an inter interesting session there as well. Um, I wouldn't have said it was that different from normal. It was it was it was it was interesting. It was mildly interesting because um, the normal. It was mildly interesting um, because the ovulus, which you were using, was coming out with words that people, it, when it, from a psychologist's point of view, it was exceptionally interesting because it was a great uh, I, uh, example of word association. People had ideas and, and notions, and the words from the ovulus were being uh, used to support those ideas or to mo modify people's responses. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, the obelisk gave, gave, gave information that people were then turning to, uh, 
reinterpreting what the obelisk was saying in terms of where they were, what they wanted, what they hoped for. Most people, when they go ghost investigating or go to these locations and events, they're really going with their own agenda. They, they want to, some people want to see something, some people don't want to see something, some people want to have their beliefs challenged, others are quite happy to have their beliefs supported. Uh, some people want to play with iPhone apps and talk to the dead. There's a whole raft of different. You know, that, I find that really interesting because we the 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 obelisk came up with the words eat worms, and then later says, "Well, I eat worms when I was a kid." Well, and there you go. I mean, so here, here's someone who's been different. It became significant to you for for that way. Significant. And I then, of course, the the uh, the. Uh, was at Hack Shack, and you got quick responses from that. That was a completely different location. And then, talk about exactly, and we did have more uh, more EVP, and your response to me as well. I've been working with Anne on EVPs, and they say people who work with it yeah. get a better response. Yeah. Yeah. So once yeah. again, yeah. You've, uh, well, you're, you're actually doing the exact same. Type, you're mixing up. No, they were, both, they were both no. electronic voice. Which you, which you said last week uh, in a heated discussion we had, it wasn't even EVP. Right. So you just said it was EVP, so now are you well, taking you, No, I, I'm saying what you told me. I'm, I'm just reporting well, what I was well, told. You, you're mixing, you're running ahead with uh, two different events because... Well, well they're very similar the because... They're not very similar. I, I, caught, I caught you you in this uh, connection in the Andover, and then once again I caught you in another connection in the lighthouse. So you caught me in... Two connections, right. No, there's no connection with the opposite. Absolutely. No, there wasn't. You reported to me that you ate worms uh, and as a child, and you wondered if it was referring I to you. That really, was your I absolutely really, I told really me. made no connection other than that was a coincidental bit of fun. Oh, really? Okay. All right, I'll let it go with that. I don't want to embarrass you on here, so you know, just, we'll, you just, we'll just pass over that one. So anyways, uh, back at the red light seance, we did have a, uh, a the obelisk did spur a bunch of words, including, uh, I think, uh, if I recall, you you were actually asking the questions, and you asked uh, what you want us to do, I believe, and was that the thing? Because no, that was, that was a top four constitution. What, no, what was the uh, thing that you asked? I've slept since then. What's that? I, I remember something about a dime for an apple. Yeah, exactly. You well, wanted, I didn't ask that. It just came up with that by itself. No, no. You asked originally. You asked, um, uh, "What do you want from us?" or something like that. And well, I've never thought from that. Well, whatever. Seems your memory slipping, but that's I right. do recall the obelisk saying something about a dime for an apple and me giving it. Right, Lent. The first word was Lent. What did Lent. you want us to do? And they said Lent. And then you said it came out with dime. Apple. Yes. Yeah, so and I then threw, we, so, we, I threw, so I, then we produced the dime. Yeah, Once I, again, you're getting hit yourself. Uh, we produced the dime, and you decided uh, that it would be a good thing to toss the dime to see if we could get a response. And you did that, and unfortunately, we didn't get a response. But it was good, that good, good attempt. Uh, that I, I, I thought it was good, uh, good attempt to trigger as using it as a trigger object, uh, throwing the dime away. I, I thought how we. Correlated everything it was. It was an apple got thrown back. I thought it would be really interesting. In fact, I, I remember you going and wanting to buy an apple and bring it back to yeah. use as a trigger robber. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then we discovered there was a whole load of apples in the back of the barn anyway, but the resin ones. Oh, were they? Yeah, we didn't find them until later. I wonder. Hmm, are, you make, are you are you making a, a connection? That's interesting. Hmm. That's that's interesting. Why? What's that? Why? Because there were apples in the back of the barn. Only plastic. Yeah, but I find that interesting. 
Maybe that's not generally be. interesting, but interesting. Well, maybe you were there to those. Exactly. There's also oranges, pumpkins, potatoes, sweet potatoes, mm -hmm. bananas. I didn't ask for any of that. Any, any dimes? You're just making it. Yeah, there was one, the one I was having in my pocket. Mm. The one no. I threw up onto the top of the haylock. Oh, that was your dime? Yeah. Do you need that back? Or? Yeah, I have to go back and get it. Okay, we'll get it back there anyways. So anyway, um, well, I see Ed Stevens is in the chat, and Ed, of course, is a former member of the board from the Lighthouse, so I, I'm sure he wants to hear a little bit about what happened there. And although we talked it on the uh, Monday show, I think we can squeeze in a little bit after the break. But, uh, yeah, hello, Ed. We miss you. Missed you at the ghost hunt. We did. Uh, but it, it was... I found that the, 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 just the cool atmosphere in the barn was was really cool for all the participants along. We all had, we all had red lanterns, and uh, you, the that particular experiment started off with thermal imaging. Uh, you showed you new thermal imager connected mm -hmm. to the iPhone, which was uh, I don't know. It's kind of kind of cool. Uh, you, you took it to the North Bridge with me as well, and and I was really impressed with it as far as the the um, the scope of it is in that what it could do. So I mean, that was genuinely interesting. We struggle over that word. Well, it, you know, it, it's a good point. And, and if you haven't noticed, Steve and I have been talking about interesting and genuinely interesting. A lot of people will say interesting, meaning like, oh, that's wonderful or whatever. And more like whatever. <laughs> Qualifying statement. Yeah, and then other people will say uh, interesting and really mean it. So we decided to use the extra connotation. We're going to try genuine. To, we'll do next week's show without using the word interesting for the entire. Now that would be interesting. I bet you we couldn't. I really. Don't I think, think generally that would be interesting. It's one of those in, ingrained speech patterns that I, I don't think we. I think we would. Is that one of one of your words in your ghostology thingy? I don't think it actually mentioned that. Interesting. Mm. Mm. You've mentioned other ones, though. Uh, yeah. Would you like Oh, no, it is. It is in the qualifying statement section. The qualified statement. Qualifying so statement. for those who don't know what we're talking about, Steve has a, a new book out called Ghostology. He also well, teaches. Well, coming up. And he also uh, teaches ghostology in uh, Ireland right now and in several other places uh, in the future. But uh, one of the sections deals with. Critical thinking and Critical thinking. listening for these qualifying statements. These, uh, I hear what you're saying, but, but, um, but. that's interesting. But, but. you know, we, we throw them into conversations, but they actually have a completely different meaning. I agree with you up to a point, but, but. as a science, speaking as a scientist, but, but. <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting. <laughs> Well, it's genuinely so, interesting from the point of view of an investigator. So what would pretty interesting be? That would be mildly interesting? Ooh, we're going to have to come up with definitions of interesting. We have to, we, we have yeah. to come up we're with a new... We're levels of interesting. Loving levels of interesting. So that, I think that's something that that's I would... It. What is interesting, genuinely, is that the break's coming up in 10. No, 15. No, it's done five ago. No, 15. Look, seven. Seven. See? Ah, what the five? Well, we skip through 10. Yeah, and four. four. Three, two... Anyway, so there's the tunes, which means uh, it's time to take a break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International right here on Tojinet Radio, the live radio with the live people on it. <laughs> and we'll be right back after the following messages right here at the beach.
Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Collette, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokenet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. Right, it's my belief that we're back for part two of uh, the interest. So is it your theory that we're back? My belief. Oh, we can't prove it? Well, I can't look at the screen signal on that. <laughs> so we're back for part two of the very interesting Ghost Chronicles International. Very interesting. Another yeah, very, very, very Another variation. That's yeah, cool. Very interesting. Yeah. With me, uh, you England's you. own Ghost Hunter. And me. And you, who's a poor, a poorly Van Helsing. There you go. He's got the logo. A poor ghost hunter. You heard it right You're here poorly, in the air. Poorly, I am a poorly, poorly ghost hunter. We all need to send healing to Ron because he's very poorly. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Send healing. Send healing. Anyway, there was something genuinely interesting in the electronic communications department, which took place at Port Constitution on Saturday night, 
when we were there as part of the lighthouse. And, and that was this experiment that you led? That was, uh, well, it was... Do you call it experiment? I mean, to me, I call them experiments. Do you call them sessions? Or Session, call, I think, is... Yeah, yeah I like the term experiment. We were documenting it in a classic way, so it was... So a, you don't it call it session. experiment? So we... What's well, the difference between a session and experiment? Well, 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 with, again? well with, a, with an experiment, you are laying out a, a, a method and following the method to hopefully gain some Yeah, it's a little steep. But, uh, but with, with, the, uh, with what took place, it caught us a little bit on a word. We wanted to do with a show and tell with a uh, shack actor. All right, I'll go on. Radio. And, um, I'll accept that. For the first 10 or 15 minutes, uh, we were doing in the keeper's house, uh, which is attached to the lighthouse, uh, which is inside the Coast Guard base. What are you doing? I'm reading your shirt. Oh. Um, and for the first, ten, say, for the first ten or fifteen minutes of the thirty-minute uh, session, it was the usual FM uh, chopped-up radio chatter that you get with all of these shack and ghost boxes, steely boxes, uh, this with bits of chopped-up voice and music. Then there appeared to be. A voice with a different cadence that responded to something I said. Um, and what took place over the next remaining 20 minutes was genuinely interesting for me because there appeared to be a, a direct interaction between this voice with a different cadence and the questions I was asking. They weren't, it wasn't providing any great detail, but when I said things like, Do you have a name? the reply was, My name is Tom. And there was no point. It sounded just like that, my name is Tom. It sounded. Oh, did it say Tom? No, it said my name is Tom. Oh, that's cool. Um, that's generally cool. The, it, 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 was, it was unmistakable. It was clear. I, I understand all of this idea about imposing uh, your own desires onto what you're hearing, so audio pareidolia. But this was, this was as clear as you're going to get off the radio. But it was very, very different than the FM chatter. Um, we couldn't get much in the, in the way of detail when we were asking for the, why they why why they were here, he was here, what his. So why do you was. think it is that is? Why do you think it, uh, it you couldn't? I've no idea why. Um, I don't. I don't. You know, I was dealing purely with the the evidences we being presented at the right. time. And when we so said, is the lack of evidence evidence? Um, it's something that needs to be considered, yeah, absolutely, because it does, you know, it does damage the, the credibility of this idea of an interactive communicator. Mm -hmm. But what, what, what supports the idea of an interactive communicator was there was no pause between me asking the question and this very clear response. Uh, for example, I, um, I said, are you still here? Yes, I'm beside you. That's cool. Uh, now, what we were, what we had the advantage of, which we don't normally have, is that we uh, we had uh, a Coast Guard officer, Mike, who was accompanying us because we were inside a U.S. Navy Coast Guard mm -hmm. base. And Mike is a radio operator. That's his day job, uh, and obviously he's very used to listening to the oh, radio. Oh, so a trained observer then. Uh, he, Mike is a radio operator and very used to, he's very proficient and skilled in listening to radio and understanding radio. And I spoke to Mike after the session had finished and said, did anything seem untoward about the voice in any way? He said he was particularly intrigued because what appeared to take place every time the, the voice, this distinctive voice came through, was that all of the background static and chatter was silenced 
first millisecond beforehand and then picked up afterwards. The voice itself was also at about uh, two times the volume of all of the FM chatter. Mm -hmm. So it was responsive. Uh, the responses were in context. It didn't respond. There were no other um, messages from the voice that were spontaneous. You know, it, didn't, it wasn't just chattering away at other times. We only heard it uh, in response to questions and within one to two seconds of the question being asked. It happened maybe uh, a dozen or so times during the first session and perhaps as many during the second session. Mike came back because he was intrigued. And when I spoke to him at the end of the second session, he, his view was reinforced from what we were dealing with is a distinctly separate form of communication than the FM hack shack channel. Google gobble. Google gobble. Yeah. Um, there was no substantial information apart from the name Tom. Um, we weren't able to get any dates or, or, or other information. It would only respond that it was present until the final question um, when I said, you know, almost in desperation, coming back to the barn, uh, you raised it before, but it was in the wrong place. I said, is there anything we can do for you? Is there anything you want us to do for you? To which the response immediately was, yes, leave. Now, that caught me a little unawares, and to try and... Uh, well, yeah, you used to it. I mean, you used to get the raspberry last time we were there. Well, in order to try and verify it in some way, I said, uh, well, if you, want, if you want us to leave, just tell us to go there. And the, the voice came back immediately, go now. Really? So what we did was go then. Uh, we put it to a, a democratic uh, vote of the, the people present, and they said that they preferred to wear on the side of caution. We were close to the end of the session anyway. Um, and if we were, were dealing with a communicant, now these aren't unknown within spiritualism, these drop-in communicators, and there's something that, that um, are documented in, in other areas of, of research, including EVP research. Right. The uh, AA EVP originally believed that uh, there were actually teams of EVP uh, researchers on the other side mm -hmm. trying to communicate with us. So it's kind of like, you know, That's they right. have their own little... Uh, well, so what we were dealing with, I, I hand on heart don't know, but it was genuinely intriguing and we were unfortunate in that we had no recording apparatus with us at the time in order to be able to record the exchanges. That would only have provided us with the documentation of what took place, but perhaps we could have used... Uh, perhaps frequency analysis of the of the voice to see if it was, was in fact different or whether it was a perceptual difference mm. uh, within our hearing. You know, we were just thinking it was different. But for me, the most intriguing part was the fact that we had a Coast Guard radio operator who, in his opinion, uh, it was different. That brings up a good point. I mean, we do a lot of these events. I know I do, and I know you do in the UK as well. Maybe that's something we should be doing more often is actually recording those sessions, even though they're, they're public investigations or public sessions. Uh, you know, maybe there is some research or evidence to be collected from, from them. Uh, for instance, if you had a recorder on your belt, just a little recorder clicked it on, I mean, they can record for hours and hours, and you could actually record that whole session. That's an excellent point. Uh, you know, when we do these public events, it is we don't think about it. But I think that's something I'm going to look into. 
I I think it's worth it's, it's certainly something that, that needs to be considered because um, I mean I know a lot of groups have all of their equipment running, but you know you, I, I tend to focus on ensuring that you know everybody's we'll safe and well. You're right, that, exactly. that, that they're getting the yeah, most the, yeah that they're getting the most from the experience. Now, obviously, when we did them in the UK, we do have um, additional team members um, who. Uh, do have access to equipment so we could switch roles if we wanted to mm-hmm. uh, but what we encountered at, at the uh, Keepers House and the Life uh, at the Port Constitution was something that's just incredibly rare you know uh, it, ha- it, it happened that one time I don't recall it happening in the past four or five years and yet it's lost and now it's lost yeah I mean even when you think about it when I was doing the ghost tours and, and I saw that apparition um you know, what if I had a GoPro camera on or something like that? I mean, would it have captured it? Would it possibly have captured it? And what great evidence it would yeah. have been. This has been the problem with psychical research ghosts and investigation for the longest time. Field research? It doesn't matter really what equipment you've got. It's always going to be, you're reliant on it being in the right place at the right time or the right piece of equipment to coincide mm-hmm. with the experience. You know, there are groups that were GoPros and, and body cams. There are groups that ring the building with with. Uh, recorders and video cameras, and they come away with nothing. Uh, you know, I seriously, do you think they really look at all the footage on, on that and listen to it? I actually everybody? think a lot of them do. Uh, or do they buzz through it? Well, I, I genuinely think a lot of them do. Um, you do? I can't think of anything more mind blowing. Um, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you but, did the one at the uh, the shipyard there with thousands and yeah, thousands of right. hours. So I know from experience exactly. how mind blowing it is. But we were only looking at specific pieces of information at any one time, so there's no point in recording sound in a place where, only, where people have only seen apparitions or reported smells. So you carefully target the equipment, which, which reduces the amount of that's a good idea. Uh, actually, it's a very good stuff idea. that you have to wade right. through. Instead of going in mob-handed and opening the contents of every flight case you've got and deploying it in a scattergun approach in the in the hope that you're going to get some. And do you know what? In, in all the years I've been doing ghost investigations, it's usually before you've set up, it's usually on your way to the toilet, it's yeah, usually yeah. when you're sat in a break, when you're least expecting it. And you cannot be armed to the teeth with equipment 24, you know, for the whole duration of it. You know, we're, we're human beings, we have to take bathroom breaks, we have to arrive, we have to set up, we have to pack up. And, you know, there are many experiences, uh, interesting moments when the equipment wasn't available because we weren't we were doing something else as part of the you know we were setting up we were arriving mm-hmm. departing and that's just the way of the beast mm-hmm. and i think we have to accept that yeah we we found that a couple of times we had that problem and, and uh, so we started at least doing uh, audio recording and we were setting up and of course i got my favorite evp one time when we began to set it up and a little voice came through and, and said it's the ghostbusters and Granted, it wasn't Class A EVP, but have an it was fun, one. though. No, it was an amazing fun, one on the Parasonics website. Yeah. Um, well, there's an extract of it on the Parasonics website. Uh, because uh, this was at an old school building, and whenever we arrived, or it seemed to be whenever we arrived, within a couple of minutes, something would, would happen. You know, I was thinking about that when you were telling that story. So, yeah, for those who don't know, why don't you repeat it? Uh, uh, well, br- well, 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 briefly, it was a school building that dated to the 1870s. It had changed use into a series of small office units. Uh, the staff there had, had reported a number of oddities and had asked us to take a look. 
And what we noticed is that within a few minutes of our arrival, uh, each, each visit, something would take them to be a sound, indistinct, there'd be a sound of a door, or on one time there was a sound of a piano, um, other, other oddities that were, and then you'd sit through a quiet night. So what we decided to do was to uh, basically, I would rush in with a recorder, place it down, and then rush back to the car room and start getting the rest of the stuff done. So at least if anything took place in those first few minutes, we'd have hopefully an audio recording. We'd have something yeah. hopefully because it was only audible events. Right. So uh, the, the uh, this this night at twenty three twenty three. I started the recorder, I know it's 2323 because you can hear me saying it on the, the recorder. What appeared to be a series of heavy footsteps uh, approached down the corridor straight towards me. Uh, mm. I froze, the recorder was running, and I waited uh, full of hope because the I was blocking the doorway, uh, whatever it was, seemed, yeah, it to be, you. seemed to be coming towards me, and I, you know, I quickly realized that it was either going to have to push me aside or pass straight through me or stop before it got to me. Um, the recording is on the, is on the uh, Parascience website. If you dig down into former school building and then look up, look up for footsteps recording, it's there for people to have a listen to. It's on www.parascience.org.uk. Didn't you bring that over last year? year I think before? I played it last year. Gotcha. Uh -huh. yeah. But Interesting. On that occasion, we'd adapted to what was taking place and we... Like you said, we, we rushed the building with a recorder um, because it was only an audible phenomenon that we've been dealing with. So there's no point in struggling to get cameras ready, or um, so we just you know, basically dashed in, put one recorder up, set the time, pressed the buttons, and got back out, uh, and then took our time and loading. So you brought up an, a genuinely interesting fact, and you talked about the GoPro camera. Yeah, I mean, that's a very popular piece of uh, equipment right now, uh, not only for the ghost hunter, but for, uh, you know, any type of sport enthusiasts. Or, you know, a lot, it's used, being used all over the place. Do you think we'll get something with those cameras, or, or what's your thoughts on that? Oh, camera, how we deploy them, a camera is a camera. It's got to still be in the right place at the right time. The GoPros and the other action cams and body cams, they don't operate effectively in low light, but that's no advantage because, you know, who's to say you need the lights off anyway? The more cameras you have that have tried, if it's a head or helmet mounted, it's going to tend to follow the eye line. So if somebody says that as they glance to the right or left, they saw something, then you would at least have some independent verification of the scene at that moment. But why don't we see that on all these reality TV shows that are well, out there? Happened. I happened. mean, they have tons of cameras all over them. And... Well, they, there has been uh, several programs where they've worn body cams of different sorts, uh, shoulder mounted. Right, mounted. right. Uh, but we don't, we we don't see anything really well, that much. Well, therein lies the problem. We put thousands and thousands of cameras um, into ghosts and we don't get the we don't get pictures of apparitions. Most buildings these days are also full of CCTV cameras. Exactly. Uh, you know, we deploy cameras. At many haunted locations have got security systems backed up by CCTV, mm -hmm. and they're not recording stuff. Um, so cameras, do they offer us any advantage? What they do offer us, at least, is an objective um, second look at what the person was looking at if they're wearing it as a head camera, you know, it's following. Yeah, trying to get it. Yeah, relies on them turning the head. So it, it gives us a little bit more of a, of a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. <coughs> you know, I, I talk about 
closed circuit TV. The Wyndham has closed circuit TV. Uh, and they caught uh, something. You got a date or something? No, no, no. Yeah, Tom's fine. Yeah. Um, so uh, they, they actually caught something that was, was cool. Um, one of the lights in the bar on its own started moving. Swing as a swag light started moving. And the bulb just came out and fell. But proves one thing. But actually proves two things. But one that the light was swinging and secondly the bulb fell out. Exactly. That's all it proves, unfortunately. Yeah, but still it captured something. Yeah, it captured something. And then hopefully at another time another camera or the camera might catch a second repetition. And that's how we build up this body of evidence mm -hmm. uh, which gives us a uh, a degree of probability. So so let's look at it this way. I mean, I know that you're all about the you're all about the face. You're all about the truth. And uh, so you, you have a haunted location. Let's take, mm -hmm. say you have a haunted location like the window. Mm -hmm. You've got a piece of film like that, okay? All right, you said it proves two things. The camera moved, I mean, the light moved and the bulb broke. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we have another one with the door opening by itself. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Now we have another one with noises when the restaurant's closed inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds like what's that? So we end up getting a series of different phenomena. Mm -hmm. Not the same phenomena, different phenomena. How do you treat that? You just, do you poo-poo it all or do you well, an find it? An idiot would poo-poo it all. Um, what you would do with it is simply collect it, collate it all together to see if there is any, is there... So when does we, it, wouldn't, we wouldn't be looking, for example, at the, the nature of the phenomena itself as much mm -hmm. as... Um, what time did it take place? Was it taking place in the same in, in, in the same part of the building? Mm -hmm. Because that might start to give us some idea about what might be taking place. I mean, it may be that you're dealing with some sort of structural issue. Um, the may, it may be that it's next to a rail track and at a certain time of night. Mm -hmm. uh, night yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So what you look for is patterns. Uh, so, but what if there aren't there? What if they're just a, well, a series often, of oddly well, random events? Well, often there aren't patterns. Uh, but what, what does uh, show itself in uh, some cases is that there is a pattern that gives you an idea about which avenue to start looking for potential explanations. And I say potential because you know you have to also recognize the possibility. You might not explain it. It might end up in the unexplained category. So when you go to a, a building, and do you, do you look at it as, um, okay, they saw a ghost in the in this room over here. Mm -hmm. So all we're going to study is that room there. Generally, or do you know? Generally, we we start on the basis of where the witnesses have told us that they've had an experience, um, and that becomes particularly important when you're dealing with a larger a larger building. But you always start from the known. We know that in that particular chair, at that particular time, in that particular room. A person had an experience, mm -hmm. so we need to try to uh, understand that experience rather than go sit in the bedroom at three o'clock in the morning uh, with a load of cameras. See, I find that that's not the way I would do it. Um, I would be more interested in knowing as little about the building as possible, and then covering it as the best I could. And granted, I would miss something that was there. However, if I caught something in that that area and yet was totally independent of any 
any thought that I had on it, any prior knowledge. To me, that would be a stronger case uh, for uh, you know further investigation, at least at the very least. Uh, but I mean, so that's the way I kind of look at it. I, I don't like, oh, this is the hot spot. We'll set up everything here. Maybe throw some cameras there or whatever. I mean, we go in looking at it as a blank slate. Okay, let's go in. There's reported activity in this building of that the owner can't explain. So let's go and uh, see what we can find. Uh, and if that's the if we can correlate it with uh, what was being done, what is being seen, then to me that's stronger evidence. And that's just well, what I'm saying. Give you an archaeological analogy. Uh, if you're looking for uh, a wall, then or you're looking to find an underground, you know, a buried structure like a mm -hmm. building. Then you start with the wall that you already know is there, and then follow it along to see where, the, where it goes. Right. And you know that somebody had an experience in that room. I yeah, I, I totally understand that. What you're saying, say yeah. I, I never mentioned that we're ringing the place with, with cameras and videos, but we try to understand that experience first, and then, mm -hmm. and then we may, uh, you know, spread further into the building. And that was certainly the case at the big shipyard. Uh, where we were dealing with uh, a site, uh, you know, ten, uh, several several acres. Yeah, and, I mean that makes it difficult. There's no doubt so about it. So you have to just a sheer have magnitude to, of it. You know, I, I like the archaeological uh, analogy. Start with the name and work towards the end. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's just a, a minor point. Difference. Minor point as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, they, to me, they both have valid points. In, in, mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, it's it's how each of us work a little bit differently sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, ghostology is never, uh, would never advocate to teach a group how to do an investigation, uh, either course or book. It exists only to give people uh, the fundamental bits of information that they need to put their own investigation mm -hmm. teams and ideas together. Because what works for New England Ghost Project probably wouldn't work for parascience and vice versa. Right, exactly. You know, we have different personalities, we have different people within the team and team dynamics that have to be satisfied. What people really don't know is that although you and I seem to be apart at times, and a lot of times we're really on the same page. You speak this one. I just did. Yeah, is that your opinion, hypothesis, belief, or...? Oh, we'll move up. <laughs> That's interesting. Genuinely? What really? So you don't believe that we are on the same page on anything? We are actually. There's a huge amount that we yeah, I, we find that we have agreements on. We did we did we do differ in some some details. And we should. And we should because we're both different individuals. We've both reached the point where we're at today through a series of different experiences, which will colour our um, the, our approach, our expectations, our beliefs, because we're human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's. It would be astonishing if we thought exactly the same. And wouldn't the world be a boring place? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it'd be the Chinese theory. Well, well, dress alike. Unless you have, unless you, have uh, you know, a degree of difference. And, uh, I think... Because, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I've learned things from you. Well, which means... Uh, two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, but, you know, I've learned a lot from and you. And, and, and uh, you know, I learned to look at things a little bit differently than... The way I have in the past. And I think that. I in fact, I've learned that all the way along. I can reflect that back to people. I've mm -hmm. learned from you. I've learned from what the many discussions we've had on air and off. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting, you know, never turn Generally down. interesting? Genuinely. <laughs> ne I, I've never turned down the opportunity of listening to another investigator's opinion, even if initially they might sound crazy. Because <laughs> very, very, okay. very, very <laughs> crazy. Might just be the germ of a good idea. Just the germ. Just a little 
sometimes a little flicker in the night. The whole of the infrasound experiment, uh, my whole PhD experiment on infrasound, and the discovery of how to record infrasound mm -hmm. was based upon my four-year-old daughter singing into a pair of headphones. So sometimes the craziest things mm -hmm. can give you the, the inspiration that you need for a breakthrough. Well, you're all there singing into plug the headphones in, into the speak the microphone jack mm -hmm. of course and a microphone is the speaker backwards. Yeah, absolutely. So just that simple idea, mm -hmm. big big microphone uh, needed big for big sound waves. It just gave me the idea. So however crazy an initial idea might be, it's always worth at least listening to it and considering it because it might give you an even better idea. Oh absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know of course one of the things I did about 30 seconds in is we went, we managed to get a little yard sale in, didn't we? We did, and there's yeah. some cool stuff that's coming uh, to the future. So I got a, a giant bell jar, which I'm extremely happy yeah. about. And you turned me on to these Lyman's phones, and eventually we're going to try some type of an experiment with that. So uh, uh, that's going to be fun. I'm kind of, yeah, it is. So, anyway. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been fun having you over here, but I'm glad to see you go because I want my life back. <laughs> well, we said this morning, I've I know it. <laughs> brilliant time, but I, you reached that point where I want to go home. So yeah, I miss the little ones and miss my wife. Yeah, time it is. So, but thank you very much for coming over and joining us and, and sharing your knowledge with everybody at the different yeah, events. Come back next year. I uh, won't think about it. Until uh, <laughs> next time. Good night. God bless. Bye, God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.